Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you. Okay, so since we've been doing this book from Borgman, Feelings and Faith, it seems that every week when I'm reading or preparing and just browsing the, what do they call it, interwebs now? Is that what your young people call it? Well, I come across some news article that mentions feelings or emotions and I was reading the news this week and I came across this so you at home listening I'm going to move my phone and read this I won't give the headline because it'll give it away but let me go into this here Slogans and signs can set the standard for an organization and inspire men and women each day to do their duty. It's an American tradition exemplified in some of the greatest institutions of sport and culture. For instance, the University of Notre Dame football has play like a champion today. You've seen those motivational banners and plaques in corporate offices, in locker rooms. The New England Patriots have do your job. That's their motto. Nike, just do it. President Harry S. Truman had the buck stops here. Now I'm going to skip down and I'm going to give you the inspirational motto displayed on the walls of a particular organization that has its seat in Washington, D.C. And here it is. Allow yourself to feel. Don't ignore your feelings. Try to hear and accept them. And the organization is the FBI. Yeah, that's what I said, too. According to a whistleblower from inside the FBI, Newark, New Jersey, that's where this was, Those aren't the only gentle messages the FBI is told each day. The FBI, tasked with taking on the likes of the mafia, Islamic extremists, gangs, and more, have a full-blown wellness room replete with yoga, massage chairs, and more. And it hints that we'll eventually be seeing a day-in-the-life TikTok videos like the ones we see from the offices of Google or Twitter You want the FBI to listen to their feelings. So, 
feelings and faith, this begins the section, section three. We have laid a foundation of truth. We've defined that the basis of truth having to do with the emotions is the emotions are part of the image of God. God designed us in his image. The emotions are a part of that design. And we also found out that emotions, we briefly reviewed last week, when you display your emotions, you show me what you value or you show me what your truth is. That being said, this is the section we start to mortify ungodly emotions. And today's chapter 8 is an introduction to mortifying ungodly emotions. And there is a quote, but it's from Romans 8.13, and it makes more sense in the KGV, KJV. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. The word mortify or mortification is used in the King James Version and by the Puritans, and it was derived from the Latin word mortificatio, which was used to translate the Greek word apothnesco, meaning to put to death. When we talk about mortifying sin or mortifying ungodly emotions, we are simply talking about the sanctification process whereby we learn to put sins to death. And that's the negative side of this Christian's duty. When the positive side is to grow or cultivate certain Christian graces and godly emotions. Now in section three here, we're going to be talking about after today, there's going to be one ungodly emotion after another that we're going to mortify and take it to a biblical process. Now, in order to mortify ungodly emotions, Borgman describes in this introduction to mortifying ungodly emotions a three-step process. First, we must have some level of understanding ourselves and our emotional makeup. Let's go to Romans 12.3. See, Romans 12.1 and Romans 12.2 are wonderful memorization verses, which many of us have, but throw three in there too, if you'd like. Here's Romans 12.3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Paul is telling us that we need to have sober, honest, realistic evaluations of ourselves. Number two, we need to honestly identify patterns of sinful emotions and emotional displays. Now, what does the word or the two-word two phrase, emotional displays, seem to implicate? Well, you can't have a display without, well, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound if nobody's around to hear it? You have an emotional display and nobody's there to see it. It's not really a display, is there? So we're implicating a second party in this whole thing. Well, actually, a third. God is always the first party. We might need to locate someone who is willing to be brutally honest with us because of our sinful emotions. What's that? The display requires others. I mean, you can pretend if you're always alone, right? 
Without getting defensive, we must make ourselves vulnerable to the truths of Proverbs 27.6, which is, faithful are the wounds of a friend. We should pray that God would help us to search our hearts and help us to see where we are falling short. And scripture that fuels one of my favorite hymns, Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. In the third step, we must isolate the patterns of our sinful emotions from all excuses and causes, both legitimate and imagined. So our first line of defense is to say that we are not that bad, or our situation is not really a problem. Our second line of defense is to make excuses for the way we act and display our emotions, right? A little personal exposition. In my past years in corporate life, I, upon reflection, realized that one of the things that I was always criticized about fairly when it came to professional review time in my company was that my supervisors generally when they had something negative to say much of the time it was you spend too much time comparing yourself to others. Comparing myself to others I hope he also addresses so-and-so, too, because I did this better than them. Or why are you coming after me? I'm working really hard here. And they said, whether or not we address so-and-so with their issues is none of your business. We're talking about you, Chris. Now, why was that always something that I did? Well, besides general human nature? Well... I was talking to my friend Cole this morning and I was talking about how we live in a works-based world. We're always trying to justify ourselves. Cole asked, why, what's, explain to me the Lent thing. Well, talking to an ex-Catholic. Doing things to curry favor, points, indulgences, to help yourself up to heaven. Compare yourself with others, or the biblical exposure of, at least I'm not like that sinner sitting in the back row, said the Pharisee. We must follow the words of Paul with judgment day honesty. We must evaluate ourselves with sober judgment. And calling Calling it fairness or justice is just another way of putting the blame on others. And what I'm talking about here, and I'm trying to mince my words here a little bit, is in this culture recently, we have seen violent protests by particular groups over the last several years. The goal stated by them would be to seek fairness and justice, equity. 
That's why we're burning down buildings and trashing cars and hurting people. Because it's justified. Because we're seeking fairness, no justice, no peace. That's just a way that groupthink tends to justify their ungodly display of emotions by calling justice and fairness the reason behind them. It works individually as well as group. Next, after we've evaluated ourselves honestly against those three steps, we've got confession and repentance. After we have identified the ungodly emotion, we should be quick to own it and confess it to the Lord without excuse. Proverbs 28.13 teaches us, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. The mercy comes when, according to Borgman, we own our sin, we stop concealing it or excusing it, and take full responsibility for it. When we do that, he says, the mercy pipe is unobstructed. And we are in a place to receive not only forgiveness, but also the grace to change. The confession begins with God. We confess our sins to him. 1 John 1, 9, right? If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But we must also recognize there may be others around us who have been wounded and sinned against by our ungodly emotions. We must go to them as well in genuine confession, seeking their forgiveness, not merely telling them we're sorry. James 5.16, Therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. The red star on my outline today says confession to another person is critical. We've had plenty of examples of this in this church, mostly from me. No, <laughs> Don't shake your head. <laughs> I saw that head. <laughs> There's an extended quote in this chapter by Diedrich Bonhoeffer, but I'm going to read it because it's so good. Sin demands to have a man by himself. It withdraws him from the community. The more isolated a person is, the more destructive will be the power of the sin over him. Hmm. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous is his isolation. Sin wants to remain unknown. It shuns the light. In the darkness of the unexpressed, it poisons the whole being of a person. This can happen even in the midst of a pious community. In confession, the light of the gospel breaks into the darkness and seclusion of the heart. The sin must be brought into the light. The unexpressed and hidden is made manifest. It is a hard struggle until sin is openly admitted, but God breaks gates of brass and bars of iron since the confession of sin is made in the presence of a Christian brother the last stronghold of self-justification is abandoned so confession is the first step in authentic repentance the difference between confession and repentance confession followed by repentance means I'm sorry and I'm going to change a lot of people relieve 
their guilt by saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're sorry you got caught is our common response, right? Authentic repentance is the resolve to put to death sinful emotions. We must really want to put that sin to death for the right reasons before we will ever make genuine efforts to do it. So what do we use to mortify our ungodly emotions? After owning our sin and having a real desire to change, we need someone with whom we can be transparent and who will be honest with us. We need someone who will not hesitate to confront us in love. We need someone who will not condemn us when we tell them of our failures or struggles. So then Hebrews 3, 12 to 13 follows. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today. Why? Because you might not get it tomorrow. It is often at this very point where our commitment to real change is put to the test. All right. And here's the biblical process. We also need to understand and implement the repentance hyphen mortification hyphen transformation process is the way Borgman describes it. We might also call it, and I will get to this, the put off, put on process. The process in most cases is not difficult but requires a commitment to stay on track. My second red star of the day it is far too easy to experience some conviction, pluck up the courage to talk about it with someone once or twice. Do better for a week, and then drop it like a hot rock. The tools are readily available to us in scripture, but it takes some work and determination. So we start with right, biblically-oriented thinking about the sinful emotion. This involves looking at our sin through the lens of the Bible. Now. I'm going to parallel the same process that Borgman talks about in his, in, in his chapter 8. And I told the pastor, I, I found this very helpful myself. Now, one of many of the guides, this is a book by Armin Tiffey called Transformed into His Likeness. I'm not meaning to sell this, and there's no copies available in the, uh, in the auditorium at the end of this uh, lecture. Transformed into his likeness uh, was written by one of my former pastors and biblical counseling certified. But it is a put off, put on checklist of things. Essentially, it basically tells you, it has a good for format here, but it tells you if you got an issue with this, put off, put on, and the scriptures that go with that. And alphabetically, what would be the first sin? At the top of the list, anger, right? Anger, okay? Put off anger, put on what? Forgiveness, self-control, and kindness. And what do you do to do that? He's got a list of scriptures right over here to read and conform to. So you've got self-evaluation, you've got a confession to others to hold you accountable, and then bring each other to the scriptures for a put-off, put-on process reading these regularly. Now, there are a lot of other tools as well, too. We start with right, biblically-oriented thinking about the sinful emotion. 
This involves looking at our sin through the lens of the Bible, and this book of many is one thing that will help you look through the lens of the Bible. It's got particular scriptures for your particular issue. We need to see the true damage that our sins have caused and that we had been ignorant of before. Have we caused people to stumble? Have we tarnished our Lord's reputation? Have we poisoned any of our relationships by promoting hazardous environments for them? In the next chapter, we will take up some case studies to show how the process can work. And each of these examples reflects real pastoral counseling situations and sermon material. So chapter 9 is actually going to begin with anger, sinful anger, because there is righteous anger, rarely expressed by us. I want to close with prayer, and then we'll comment. Lord, once again, we can't thank you enough for a 15-year-old manual that still is making its way through your church not unlike letters that were written to sanctify and to encourage churches and to hold them accountable. Thank you for holding us accountable, gently and lovingly, our faults and our ungodly display of our emotions. Thank you once again for the teaching that has occurred through this. We look forward to additional lessons that you have for us in these areas. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you.